Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. A very, very happy Friday to you. Glad to have you with us as we wrap up the week. Some of you may already be starting the weekend. A lot to get to. Want to let you know that you got to check out the latest lines of the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Illinois is where we start. And what do you know for the, what, maybe second or third time this? week college basketball actually (laughs) starting off a show george last night illinois lost to ohio state in a game in champaign where the illini almost uh, came back from a double digit deficit late to rally and get the win however they did not do that that rally was done without their head coach brad underwood who was ejected in the second half of the game because he was not happy with the foul calls that were going against his team now this is the second time this week we've had a big Big Ten coach uh, be very angry over a situation, but I don't think that these situations are even remotely close to each each other, George. I just don't think that Juwan Howard and Brad Underwood scenarios are anything like each other. Uh, they they are a little bit. Now, now my, my, mind you, you did have Juwan Howard slap a man in the face. <laughs> now, yeah. in, in, yes. in that way, they are completely different in that way, right? But 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 remember, after the Jawan Howard in incident where where he hit the assistant coach, what did people immediately go back to? They when uh, when he uh, hit Joe 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 Krabenhoff, that's his yep. name, the Wisconsin assistant. Now they went back to the incident from last year. Oh my God! Look at him; he's out of control. Look at him, big scary black guy. He's out of control. Look, he's he's done this bit before. And they tried to use that as a this is his second strike and second offense. Now, I had no problem. Zero zilch, no problem with what with what Brad Underwood did because he was upset. He yelled at the refs. It happened sometimes. Whatever. It's it's a nothing burger. Nobody got got hit. Some people got cussed out. But at the end of the day, he's going to look back and be like, whatever. Like he's not he's probably not going to have any regrets about anything that he did. Now, with the Juwan Howard situation, he deserved to have some regret. And Greg Garb was out of pocket for grabbing him as well. But where I said that these two things were alike and questioned how people were going to react to it. And people sometimes, uh, uh, Dan, I think some people read too much into the tweet in that they thought that I was saying that that uh, that Jawan Howard was punished because he was black. And that wasn't the case. He was punished because he deserved to be punished. But in my life experience, I remember Dan coaching at my son's little league team. I yelled at another coach because I didn't like what what he did. Got got pretty upset with him. 
I get called into the damn commissioner's office like they have a whole thing where I have to come in and come talk on that because the other coach said I felt afraid I was scared he was he was gonna hurt like bro I've never been in any physical altercation at this league for years and then on that same day two white coaches got in they exchanged blows no absolutely no consequence for for them and maybe I'm a little sensitive about this subject but some of the responses that I saw to Juwan Howard just touched me the wrong way so I didn't think anything that happened in the situation had anything to do with race but maybe how people responded to it did this is and in your situation is appalling and ridiculous and just wrong all around. I sorry that you even had to go through such BS in in your situation. This situation though with college basketball, I don't I I never got the sense that people were saying Jawan Howard big angry black man. I think that they were saying Jawan Howard head coach University of Michigan or Jawan Howard, college basketball, All-American Fab Five member or Jawan Howard, uh, NBA player for over a decade plus. Like those were all of those things on why it just seems so out of out of the realm of possibility that someone would do that. And then, George. To mention the past of him threatening Mark Turgeon last year in the Big Ten tournament, saying, I'm going to bleep and kill you. Like, like it's those those are the things that popped up. I didn't think that anybody was using the race card at all with what transpired on Sunday. And I don't think that Brad Underwood is I, – I just – I don't think that these situations are even comparable because of of how they played out. And I don't know. I I, I don't think that we would say that Brett Underwood gets a pass because he was white. I don't even know what pass he would get in this situation. I just don't see any connection between the two. Yeah. See, I and for, and for and for me, I already said I didn't think that that Brad Underwood did anything wrong. It's just sometimes. Oh, he's a hell. He was fiery. He was fiery. It. It. It's almost like. And, and my, mind you, I don't think that these things that I'm getting ready to use as an example have anything to do with race. I think sometimes it's the position and how people are viewed as well. Like when Odell Beckham Jr. when he would get mad or demonstrative on the sideline, he's a problem. He can't control his emotions. When Tom Brady, when he yells at his teammates. What 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 a oh he's fiery that's what we like to sure. see he's a competitor we 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 uh, care so like I don't think that those things necessarily have to do with race but I do think that how we perceive people and their greatness does does influence how we see and the the lens that we view their actions the coach going after a referee and getting teed up is such a common occurrence that we even saw it earlier this week with Danny Hurley in UConn and yes. him getting the second technical for trying to excite that was the hilarious. crowd. Yeah, that was that that was absurd, but it's that's that's nothing new to college basketball. What is new to college basketball is a head coach taking a swipe at the opposing assistant coach. Correct. And so Brad Underwood's not going to have this 
carried around with him. I mean, he was always a fiery coach anyway, and there are fiery coaches. There have been, I mean, Gene Cady, I mean, you know, Bob Knight, obviously, John Chaney, a, a fiery coach. Like, you've had these guys who you always knew had a temper, and there's a long, long list of coaches that I could probably continue to name. But that may follow Brad Underwood, and he'll just be fiery coach. Juwan Howard is going to have this label follow him for a while because of his actions toward another head coach. And like, I, I don't see anything unfair because of that. Like just because it may, you know, just go off, roll off the back of and shoulders of Danny Hurley and not be a big deal. And the same thing with Brad Underwood. I don't think it's something that we're going to need to point to and say, Hey, look, nobody cared that those guys did that, but why are we still talking about this with Juwan Howard? And I think that, you know, a year down the line or two years down the line, we'll still be talking about it with Juwan Howard because of how unprecedented it was. Yeah, yeah, you you can't hit anybody, and and that and that's for uh, me. It was less about the first about the second Jawan Howard incident, as opposed to then what was then re-adjudicated about the first incident. We're like, oh my god, look at look at him. He's always out of control. Like, no man. And Jawan Howard has a history, like a reputation of being a cool, under-control guy. And this is why, Dan, I, I have, like, it's very easy for pe- people these days. Oh, we got to fire somebody. Firing people is always the the answer. When in reality, I, I, I look at things a lot of times about having grace for other people. My kids say to me all the time, when, when when we're driving in the car, they're like, Dad, why don't you honk at people more when they met, mess up on the road? Are, are are you a big honker, Dan? No, no, but I am a big gesture or lip reader if they would see me. Yes. So, so they always ask, Dad, why don't you honk more? And I'm like, well, because the, somebody just made a driving error. I occasionally make, make them. It's rare, but I do. And you never know what that person went through. They may have gotten the worst news that they've ever gotten in their whole life. Their their kid may be sick. Their uh, family, their mom, their they could have just lost their job. House being foreclosed. Any old any sort sort of thing. So I try to take that into account, even though it could be none of those things. And when I looked at Jawan Howard and the um, and the coach for Illinois Brad Underwood, yeah. I thought, okay, both of these guys are upset with the outcome of the game. Jawan Howard's out upset as well with the outcome of of their season so far. And then the timeout situation exacerbated it. And then when Greg Gard stopped him physically, that exacerbated. But at the same time, like I like I tell my kids, now at the end of the day, somebody can do something that you know, that ups the ante on things. But at the end of the day, you are still responsible for your own actions. So you can't blame. So Jawan Howard can't blame Greg guard for what he did. He's still responsible for it and how he handles it. And he deserved the suspension that he got. I thought that Howard should have been suspended for the entire year. I thought that he deserved every opportunity to show that uh, he'd be a changed head coach. I thought that the ability to let him coach over uh, or into the postseason, whatever their postseason is, I just think it would have been a firmer statement, uh, considering he didn't get punished for the threats to Mark Turgeon last year. Five games is five games. I will say this about Jawan Howard, though. 
there isn't a lot of uh, lack of success in his coaching career. I mean, this was the number one seed last year, made it to the Elite Eight and was a shot yeah. away from from going to the Final Four. And, and to your point of, of this season maybe not going the way that they wanted it to, in these instances, you know, like there haven't been a lot of low points for Michigan basketball with Juwan Howard as their head coach, but in the low points that they've had, even in the game against Ohio State a couple of weeks ago, he got a technical late in the game uh, when they were losing at home. He hasn't shown that he's had the attitude – uh, th- he hasn't had the greatest attitude in defeat in a lot of different yeah. cases. And there haven't been a lot of opportunities because they've been a good program under him. Oh, That's yeah, just the one thing hit. to me. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He's doing a bad job with the losing part. But, yes. But, and, and yes, I want him to keep his cool a bit more, but I, I don't care if my coach is upset that we – uh, that we that we lose. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm fine with him being upset, but he can't go to that far down the uh, road as far as you know, creating a situation that puts the university or the team or anything like that in jeopardy. And I thought that had Michigan not been happy with the results that they were getting from Jawan Howard, he would have been fired. He would have absolutely been been fired. And he's also very, very lucky that that the results didn't end up with somebody breaking a hand. Somebody ended up getting a broken jaw from one of the other mm-hmm. team of the players fighting yeah. or something like that, because that could have gotten him fired, too, because sometimes the the results end up dictating the punishment on some level. And sometimes you get off like like where, you know, if if. If I go crazy and I try to kill you, Dan, I would never do this, obviously. But but then I would get charged with attempted murder as opposed to charging me with 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 murder. And one of them was because I was bad at my at what I intended to do and didn't succeed. And the other one is just because I did succeed. So should those punishments be different? Yes, that's the way that's the world we live in. Well, that's a first. I've uh, never been put into a murdered scenario on Sports Talk Radio, but George Reister <laughs> was able to do that. I know there are some Sundays where he wants to kill me as we're talking on the air. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. Get George on Twitter. Oh, my the NFL God. That. You're, getting, what? you're going dark here, Dan. Well, you just brought up a scenario where you would murder me no, or I, maybe oh not murder God. me. D- Dan, Dan, do you, it, it, do you have some uh, – <laughs> Things that we need to talk about that we need to go to therapy <laughs> about today. Just, you just you just said and the tape says if I tried to kill you, it's different than if I actually did kill you. That's what you actually just said to me. But it's to, it's all good. I know what you were getting. Oh, that's at. not what I said, Dan. Uh, but but it, okay. no, you were saying like if you didn't follow through, your charges would have been different, right? Nope. Like if they're nope. I don't I don't even remember that. <laughs> <laughs> you said that the intent is different than uh, the result, and sometimes we we punish on the result and not the intent. That's what you were saying. Nope, I, do, I don't remember saying any of this. <laughs> I will say this. His slap gave the green light to the <laughs> Michigan players uh, to, to start throwing bows. I mean, hey, how about this? Kudos. I love college basketball, by the way. College basketball in the headlines for a lot of different reasons. Maybe not the greatest reasons, but heck, we've had Juwan Howard. We had Danny Hurley's ejection. We just talked Brad Underwood. Uh, we said it yesterday. College basketball taking that upswing here uh, in 2022. Get George on Twitter 
at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Today's show brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Coming up next, could we have our first $50 million man in the National Football League? We'll tell you who next here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If this is the end for LeBron in Los Angeles and he looks somewhere else or is dealt, was his tenure with the Lakers a success? There is a lot to get to on Fox Sports Radio, but before we dive in, I want to let you know you got to check out the latest lines from the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. George Reister is here. He's an NFL vet. He's also a Lakers fan. Find him on Twitter at George Reister. I am not an NFL vet. I am not a Lakers fan. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. But if LeBron James, if this ends up being it, George, and the craziness happens and LeBron is traded by the Lakers elsewhere in his four years at a Lakers uniform, would you deem what he accomplished in L.A. as a success? Yes, absolutely. Now, he won a championship. He was tasked. He was brought here to win a championship, at least one. You would have hoped that it would have been two. And granted, there is still time for this season, even though it looks extremely bleak. There's still a shot. So it's like, so you're saying there's a chance. There's still a chance. But look at what the Lakers. Huh? There's not much of one this year. That's what they said about the Bengals. You know, I'm, <laughs> listen, listen. Here, uh, okay. The the narrative of the Lakers after the trade deadline, the thought was, man, can this team maybe add a piece and make them contenders in the West? And then they don't do any deals. They keep Westbrook, and it's man, how is this team going to look next year? It, what is this team just going to pack it in for the rest of the season? The narrative changed immediately. This team would not have a chance against Phoenix or I'm, against Golden State in any sense. I would, I would agree on 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 paper, but you still have LeBron James. You still have Anthony Davis if he's healthy at that at that time. And listen, it might take a you know a miracle on Thirty Fourth Street or a Christmas miracle to make it happen. But they have the talent and the skill set to be able to do it. It's just a matter of if they can actually put it together and get hot at the right time and go on a stretch. So I'm I'm putting their championship chances at 5% or less. All and right, I'll, so, I'll take the less for sure. But Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm not under any delusion that this is going to happen, but I'm just saying that, that this year is not written in stone, that it's not finished yet. And if he getting one championship in four years, that would be considered a success. I think pretty much any city in the any team in the United States, any team in the in basketball, football, baseball, if you bring in one player and expectations turn to a championship, if they get one championship in four years, that would be deemed a success, right? Yes. Wholeheartedly. yeah, so so the same thing has to be true for LeBron James, but 
I yeah, see, this is I, what the, yeah. I want to hear this, but because I was going to give you a but. Go ahead. Sorry. But I sincerely doubt that this is his last year in Los Angeles. Don't I don't buy that at all. I saw the Brian Win, Winhurst that the Lakers may have to deal him this summer, and I don't see it because. It would be such a bad PR move to trade LeBron when he doesn't want to be traded. And I cannot see a scenario where he's willing to be traded. I can't. His uh, Bronny is going to be a senior in high school. Bryce is going to be a sophomore. They're well-adjusted at the school. I see them all the time. They like it there. They have friends. Switching them up. LeBron's a good dad. I just don't see him making that move for his own personal when it would put them in a bad spot personally. See, this is the this is the unique thing about this. And I want to ask John Ramos, and I want to ask today's executive producer, Bo Benson, on their thoughts because I know that they are Laker fans, and I know that they uh, want the Lakers to win NBA titles, just like you are a Lakers fan as well. John Ramos, I'll go to you. If it ended with these four years and LeBron bringing uh, one title – and three playoff appearances, two of which in a playing tournament, if that was the four-year resume, would you consider LeBron's time in L.A. a success? If you stopped with the way you said it right there, I would say yes. Okay. If you continued on with, and they had all these injuries, and there was a bunch of craziness going on, and this guy was going here, and that guy was going there, and all this people didn't like each other, and the bus. Then I would say no, because that was just that's just crazy, out of control stuff. But you know what? I guess all even in the, in the NBA Showtime years with the Lakers and Magic, I'm sure there was a lot of turmoil going on there that we didn't know about either. So but sure, yeah, I would yeah. say yes. My answer okay. would be yes to you. Bo Benson, your thoughts? Would it be a success if it ended after this season? Yeah, I, I think so, just because people kind of have started to underestimate just how difficult it is to win a championship. And then the context of the year in which the Lakers won that title following Kobe's passing and everything that went into, went into it, uh, absolutely, I, I think it would be a success. See, I think as as a as a Bucks fan, you know, one title in fifty years is awesome. <laughs> like, like it truly is. So to, to look at it in a four year window and try to determine if uh, if winning a title in that four year window is a success. But the reason that I brought you guys in is because the, you do have a little skin in the game because you are fans, you are Lakers fans. But this is where the Lakers and really LeBron, I think, are victims of their own success. When you brought LeBron here. You expected a title. You didn't You didn't think that maybe you would win a title. You expected to win a title. And I think you expected more than just three playoff appearances out of the four years with those playoff appearances starting in a play-in tournament. Like, those aren't the expectations. And maybe it's, it's unfair to LeBron and maybe it's unfair to the Lakers who have the 17 world championships tied with the Celtics for the, for the most in NBA history. But I think when you thought about this combo, especially when LeBron was, you know, basically coming off of eight straight trips to the NBA Finals, whether he was a member of the Miami Heat or the Cleveland Cavaliers, when he comes to L.A., you expected, all right, not only is this going to continue, but we are going to be in the picture you're in and you're out. And and I would say for 29 other teams that even the Boston Celtics at this sort of run would be a success. I just don't think it's viewed that way. I actually oh, think that dude, it's 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 viewed it is- as falling short because of what they weren't able to accomplish and the turmoil that has gone on that you know John Ramos mentioned of. I actually think that 
you expected more. Actually, I know you expected more. You expected Western Conference finals and finals appearances, multiple no. finals appearances, and I just oh, don't think that's going to happen. Dan, no, you couldn't be more off base with this one, dude, because because for for fans of other teams, they probably you know take solace and you know feel good about the journey right they're like yes we were in the western conference finals we're close all of this stuff Mm -hmm. that's not the way lakers fans feel laker fans are like did we win it or did we not there there is no in between and that's why this season them making if they get knocked out in the second round of the playoffs or even first round of playoffs or even the western conference finals that's not good enough. I mean, last last year was so abnormal with the injury to LeBron, Anthony Davis. Like the team was so beat up and hurt that at the end of it, you're you thought, okay, what else could we have reasonably expected because of how hurt this team was? Now you fast forward to this season, you're like, this is a disaster. Uh, what it feels like to Lakers fans that it feels like it's a disaster. It feels like worst case scenario. But when you look back on these four years, you're like, yeah, we got a championship, though. Like, there, there, there is no progress, not perfection for Lakers fans. Whereas if you ask Suns fans, have these last two years been a success? Their fans are like, hell yeah, it's been a yeah, success. Yeah, for sure. I think you could ask any, any other NBA team that had a you know, decent amount of success. Heck, any NBA team that have the Lakers resume of what these four seasons consist of, and I think that you would say it's a, it's a success. But again, it's to your point of saying the Lakers fan base is it's either a championship or it's not. So in three out of the four years, there were no championships. Oh, oh and, hold on, and, hold on, Dan. I need you to I need you to amend your statement for accuracy. Okay, two in out, two of, out of the three years, there have not been championships. <laughs> There's not going to be one this year either. But I, I will, for your point, in two out of the three, they haven't won. And if things continue the way that they're going now, I don't think that they're going to win that one. And this if it ends with an without- alleged attempted murder versus and actually oh, we get big. to murder again this is but here's here's the other part of it this is what what the the like the when you're a lakers fan and why the lakers you know it's the lakers are the are the yankees in in terms of expectations and what you you know what you expect and maybe what you want when the lakers won the title in 2009 the celebration that went on in this city, George, you know it, you were here. John knows it. Bo knows it. You guys were here. Was like this team ended a 40-year drought to NBA titles. And it was only seven years. Yep. Like it was like their last title. They just finished a three-peat in 2002. But they took the 2009 championship and they filled the Coliseum with a well, rally it, after a parade. It mattered. See, see, now that one had special significance just like the 2020 one did. Because it was Shaq was gone. Shaq said Kobe would never win without him. Kobe wanted to have more rings than uh, Shaq and all of that. So like that, like it it was some other things that were, you you know, that added to the uh, specialness Mm -hmm. of that, of that title. But I, I think if you were to start out and you said LeBron joins the Lakers do you think that they will win a title or a title or not? And I think a majority of the people 
would have said, yes, they win a title. And, and they did. That's what and, they did. And they ended up doing it. But it's the other years where they just fall, fell grossly short. The first year of not making it. The uh, third year, which was last year, of, of playing in the play-in tournament and then losing to the Suns. And I, I, know, I know injuries, again, like, you know, could have changed it, but those injuries happened, and the, the outcome was the outcome. They lost to the Suns in six games in the first round. So that's what it ended up being. And if they're in the play-in tournament again for the second straight year, I just think that the expectations of Lakers fans were we're going to be a top-two seed, we may not win every title, but we may go to the NBA Finals and make an NBA Finals and, and not win, or we may go to the Western Conference Finals, but there's no way that we are going to be first-round one-and-dones. And in reality, in only the one year that they won a title was the only year they made it past or into the conference semifinals but or further. You, you so. are right, Dan, but at the end of the day, we don't care. We don't care about the Western Conference uh, championship. The only way that that would matter – to, to to Lakers fans is mm-hmm. if it were in a if it were a year or in a situation to where like like the like the team was so incredibly young <laughs> that that you were like oh my and exceeded expectations that is the only way that Lakers fans are happy satisfied or even content with a non-championship season. It's That's funny the because only way. you look at it, you look at it as championship or bust, meaning like a loss in the Western Conference final is just the same as not making the playoffs Correct. you didn't win the title. And I and I don't look at it like that. You know, I look at it like I think the other 29 teams That's do. That's cuz so. you're a Bucks fan and you just <laughs> hey. and you just won for the first time since you've been alive. Everything is gravy. Everything is gravy. Yeah. So so if so if you don't win for 10 years you'll be okay you can't you can't go for another you know 50 but you but you can sure go for go for 10 and mind you if the bucks win again here but but here's the thing to it dan once you get a taste of that forbidden fruit you want more of it so now you guys just just won now if the bucks win back to back uh NBA championships three years from now. If you guys don't win, you guys are going to be getting a little bit antsy. I'm telling you, it's just the way it works. Suns, Suns fans. If they win, uh, if they get back to the Western conference finals or get back to the NBA finals and lose again, they're going to be antsy. It's just winning begets more, you know, uh, higher expectations. I get that. Yeah. I, uh, truly, as a Bucks fan, if you would have told me this a decade ago, I never thought they would have won a title in my lifetime, uh, let alone doing so in 2021. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. We are sitting in for Doug today. Today's show brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Reister v. Ramos next here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it one. 
100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show, and joining us now to try to make sense of what's happening in Green Bay, uh, columnist for the Green Bay Press-Gazette covering the Packers, Pete Doherty, joins the program again here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Pete, how are you? Pretty good. How are things going today? Well, we, things are uh, things are, are going well. A uh, little cooler here in Southern California. I know a little different story uh, back in the uh, America's dairy land. But uh, we talk about this Aaron Rodgers situation, and George and I did earlier in the show this $50 million number pops up in a, in a report from uh, ESPN yesterday and saying that Rodgers maybe wants money. It, is this now about money? Because it never seemed to be about money prior to this when it comes to Rodgers and his return to Green Bay. Oh, I think, yeah, money is always a factor, yeah. So um, I don't know if it's the predominant one, but he'll probably gauge their seriousness in part on what kind of contract they offer. And, you know, I'm sure his agent has been doing some work, finding out what he could get elsewhere if he got traded. So, yeah, hard to believe it it wouldn't be a factor. There's so many ways to structure these deals. You know, 50 million average could mean a lot of different things. You know, it's it's how much he would make over the first two or three years is what would matter. And, you know, they could pay him, you know, in that range and still have his cap hits go down for the next couple, you know, for this year and, you know, keep him reasonable the next couple of years. There'd just be a big piper to pay, you know, after he retired. Yeah. And that, that big piper to pay is kind of like what's happening in uh, Atlanta right now with, uh, with, with Matt Ryan, but staying on Aaron Rodgers, though, if you look at, you know, the salary cap, how much the salary cap is going up this year take, takes a big jump the next few years with the new TV money. Like, How soon before, even if Aaron Rodgers does get average $50 million or even $50 million in cash, uh, be, before we see more quarterbacks above the 40 threshold and getting into 50? Yeah, there's already a couple in the 40s, right? Mahomes for sure. Was it Allen or somebody? Dak, yeah, Dak and Allen. Yeah, Dak, yeah, so they're both at 40 or above, I think. So, yeah, you're right. With the uh, spike we're going to see between the TV money going way up with that new contract and the gambling money starting to kick in this year, and that's significant. So I think if Rodgers doesn't hit 50, the next big quarterback to do a deal probably will. I mean, it's it's imminent, I would think, for that for hitting that price range. Pete Doherty joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, Green Bay Press-Gazette, talking about the Green Bay Packers, specifically Aaron Rodgers. Where do you think this relationship between Rodgers and the front office took a turn for the better? Like, how did it, how did it start to maybe get back on track where it wasn't maybe a year ago? Yeah, it started, I think, with, you know, their – I mean, they took multiple visits out there to see him. Uh, I think they took multiple coaches out there, at least on one of them. Um they traded, you know, he wanted Cobb, who they never would have gone after otherwise. They traded for him, and he showed up to camp on time. And I think starting right around then is when things started improving. And I think Gutekunst has gone out of his way to, you know, he went out of his way during the season to talk to Rodgers about, you know, some of the in-season moves they were considering and at least solicit his, his opinion on that. 
Um, so I think all that helped a lot. I th- it seems like Rodgers and Lafleur got along pretty well, you know, all along. So it was more with um, with Gutekunst and Rodgers. Now, if we're looking at the Devontae Adams situation, I, I can't help but wonder how much, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who who has been obviously crafting some of these situations to work to his advantage. How much do you think that his timing on what he's going to do is going to be determined by how he sees, you know, uh, Devontae Adams taking, taking care of, and is he angling for that? I'm sure he is. Um, I don't know exactly how that's going to work. I mean, they both affect each other. I uh, like if Rodgers comes back. It's just it's got to be a given that Adams is coming back. Rodgers would want to have that assurance. And if you're the Packers, why bring back Rodgers for a year or two or even three if you're not going to have Adams be part of it? It just wouldn't make much sense because you're really going for the Super Bowl in those years. So they're tied together, and they do have that franchise tag to work with which would buy them time to work out an extension with Adams, you know, if they can't do it the next couple of weeks. Um, it, so, I, you know, which, you know, the chicken or the egg, which is first. I mean, I just find it hard to believe Rogers would agree to come back without some kind of evidence that, that Adams will be back. So that would assume at the minimum, that means tagging them or, you know, preferably that a deal between Adams and the Packers is already signed. And Adams, he might not want to be back with the Packers if Rodgers is. Adams has to be thinking about being a Hall of Famer now. You know, he has a couple more huge seasons, and and he'll be on. You know, he'll be in good position to be a Hall of Famer. Maybe he thinks he needs to play with Rodgers or another top tier quarterback to do that in the next couple of years. So, if he doesn't think Rodgers is going to be here, Adams might want out too. Pete Doherty joining us here on Fox Sports Radio covering the Packers or the Green Bay uh, Press-Gazette. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for uh, Doug Gottlieb. Free agency uh, in the NFL starts in less than three weeks. Uh, What is your best guess when we get this decision from Rodgers? I'm thinking in the next week or two, just kind of the grapevine stuff I was hearing from the Packers' expectations. I think they're thinking the first week of March. And maybe it'll be a little sooner than that. Um, I mean, he knows that a lot's got to happen and a lot will be based on his decision as far as contract restructures and Adams and all this stuff. So he's well aware the sooner the better, either for them to get him traded, if that's what he wants, or for them to bring back the kind of roster that he wants. You know, they need as much time as they can to do all that stuff before free agency starts. So uh, he knows that. So I, a week or two, I would that would be my best guess. Now, uh, as you get to you know the the free agent market, you're going to see a lot of movement. And is do do you think that Jordan Love, uh, the backup quarterback, at least currently for the Packers, that he'll be on that roster next year? Yeah, I find it hard to believe he won't. I just don't think they could get much for him if they. Let's say they wanted to trade him now. What's you know? Is anybody going to give him more than what a four? You know, maybe a three. I don't know. Um, I would think they would. And his contract is still pretty cheap. I would think even if Rodgers returns and he signs a deal where he's going to play two or three more years, I would think they'd want to bring Love back. He would get most of the off season work. 
you know, and then he'd play he'd play almost all you know all the games, all the, the almost all sixty minutes of all four or all three preseason games, and hope that he performs really well, and then hope if he does, and then if he ever gets forced into play, on you know this upcoming season, and that he would do well enough where they could get you know, a decent draft pick in return for trading him, you know, next year at this time. The uh, the clock is ticking in many a ways, and yeah, free agency will be here before we know it, and that decision from Aaron Rodgers will be here before we know it. Pete Doherty, Pete, thanks so much for the time. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Uh, yep, sounds good. Thanks for having me.